Serving clients well is at the heart of a wedding industry business. And today, Lynn Resnick joins us to dive into how to do that better. I hope you guys sit back, relax, and learn a lot from this episode. I also want to point out she dropped some killer knowledge about developing amazing style shoots. So make sure you get your notepad ready for this one. We are gathered here today to bring together the wedding community. Whether you are a seasoned pro, a newbie planning to start your own wedding business, or an engaged couple hoping to see behind the scenes, we're here to share tips, tricks, and laughs with you as we talk weddings. The Union Podcast is a show that aims to build a community for those in the wedding planning trenches. Join Jamie Wolfer, Heather Laurie Fear, and special guests in roundtable discussions about the challenges and joys of the wedding business. And now, here come your hosts, Jamie and Heather. Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to chat with you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We love seeing other folks in the wedding industry who are educating and supporting this community. And we totally see that in you. So bravo out of the gate. We're excited. And it sounds like you were an educator and then you were a photographer and then you're back to being an educator, which is super cool. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey over the past several years and kind of what brought you to what you're doing today? Sure. Yeah. So yes, I started as a high school history teacher, totally unrelated to anything like in the arts section of the industry or anything like that. But I taught history for 10 years in Hartford, Connecticut ended up getting into photography when I was looking for a photographer for our own wedding. Mm -hmm. I married my college sweetheart. Uh, So yeah, and we were got married in 2008. And so in that process, kind of got to see what wedding photography had really become. Because before that, I really only had pictures from, you know, the late 70s of my parents, like posing in studio fashion. Oh, yes. (laughs) that's it's a different. little different today. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> just a little. So got really into it then and just loved what the craft had become and bought mm. my first camera. And my wedding photographer actually became my mentor, which was really cool. So I ended up getting to go and work for her. She took me along to about 20 weddings in my first year. Wow. Learning on the job, like intensive learning. And I assisted in third shot. I worked in her studio over the summer. So it was kind of trial by fire getting in there, but it was also great because she made it really friendly in the terms of learning. She was like, Mm. if none of these come out, it's okay because you're an extra person and you're just here to learn. So it was really like a nice way to be able to learn on the job without then, you know, messing up someone's wedding, (laughs) which you do. Like what a safe way to learn. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. So that was really great. And then eventually left the classroom and went into an educational nonprofit and then went from there to the leap to full time in 2017. So launched in 2012, full time in 2017. So I had a side hustle for a long time. Yeah. And really quickly within going full time, I missed the element of teaching and supporting Mm -hmm. others and mentoring and coaching because that's what I was doing even after I left the classroom for a little while for a nonprofit. And so looked for ways to get back into it. I launched with a friend. I like reached out to her and I was like, what do you think about doing a workshop? And so we created a flat lay workshop that we did for a few years, like in person. That was like a little taste of it and have just kind of come full circle with trying to mentor and support and then find a bigger audience for that too. Because with mentoring, I'm doing a one-on-one like year-long commitment with someone similar Mm -hmm. to what my photographer did with me to kind of pay it forward to new photographers. There's just so much on the business side that you can share too. And so I've started to do that as well. Yeah. 
that really hits home for me because like we are in the process of mentoring a lot of planners who want to get their businesses started. And that's why I'm so overwhelmed by this relationship that you have with your mentor and the person that guided you through all this is because that's not common. And it can be really hard for people to find. Now, we see a lot more warmth and receptiveness in the, I think, in the photographer community than we see in the planner community for sure. But what a radical and special relationship. And now you're carrying this further. That's so cool. yeah. Yeah. It's really been interesting to see. And I know it's tricky because people have reached out and probably have done the same for you guys, right? Like wanting to come along on a wedding day and like shadow or something like that. But Mm -hmm. a one-time one-off thing is just not great for anyone usually. And so making that commitment to do it for a longer relationship so that you can share a lot more over the course of a season has been really positive. And so that's why doing it that way and worked for me. And I'm so happy I get to like pay it forward. Mm -hmm. I could see the single event thing not working very well because really every event is so different. So having someone just shadow you for one day, an example of a day that everything goes perfect or everything goes wrong, or you know, you're just not getting the variety pack of the, the reality of, <laughs> of weddings. So you, you kind of gotta be out there a little bit before you can see like really how things work as an average, you know, like the variance you get. Yeah. One so and true. done is not gonna work for that. You're like yeah. Doritos short of a fun mix, you know, you just can't, you're not quite there. <laughs> it's so true. Well, and if you, we can take some questions, we can talk about some things in like yeah. the downtime, but there's a lot happening on a wedding day. So being able to process after the fact and talk in between and give feedback so you can try something again the next time mm. is also really important. I think in that mentoring relationship, as opposed to like you're one and done and I could give you feedback, but yeah. I don't know whether you take it or not. I don't know how it goes. You know, There's not a lot of time on the day itself to do that. So being able to pay it forward and do it for a longer term, I think just helps so much with that. It's too bad yeah. to hear that like more planners aren't doing it. Although I don't know a ton of photographers that do a long-term mentorship either. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I hadn't quite considered that. There's a lot of networking, a lot of workshops, where they'll go away for the weekend to some fun location and get like a cool Airbnb. But you're right. The long-term stuff, I don't think I've seen very much of. Yeah. It takes a different level of commitment on both sides, but I also mm-hmm. find it so beneficial for me too. I've had a couple of weddings where my assistant, you know, mentee couldn't be there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how did I even do this without having them there? Like they're so helpful yeah. too. So it can be really beneficial as a mentor to do it as well. Yeah. And I also feel like, especially because it being in a long-term mentorship type position ourselves, like it's so exhausting to do something short-term. It takes so much out of you to teach a brand new person at every single event, like, hey, you're only here to shadow to see if like weddings are fun or mm-hmm. if you might be interested. And I'm going to try to teach you because I want you to enjoy this experience, but I may never see you again. Mm-hmm. So, but I also don't want to be a jerk in case you want to do this long term. That short window is so hard, especially because like for me, there are a couple things that are super essential for an event. And those are things like boundaries and set expectations. There's like two of my big ones. So I know you've defined your four pillars of the client experience. Can you talk a little bit about these pillars? And what you feel are the most important things that a vendor could do to like cultivate that comfort relationship between you and the couple and like how you pass that off to your mentees. Cause obviously you're modeling the relationship with your clients and the mentees are gaining from that experience. Yes. Yes. And I love that you said boundaries and clear expectations because mm-hmm. those are two big ones for me as well. And they both fall under the communication pillar. So that's the first one communication. The other three are appreciation, education, and being a resource. 
and kind of using those four things together to craft a client experience that's really supportive of your couples all throughout the process from booking all the way through the delivery of the final thing, mm-hmm. executing the day as you know, a lot of planners that you have listening might be doing. So thinking about it that way. For me, communication beyond those things like setting boundaries and really being clear about expectations up front. You want to be prompt in your responses and proactive. One of my goals is always that I'm communicating with my couple before they're reaching out to me. So I'm mm. anticipating their needs. Yeah. We're going through this, you know, more than once. And so I hope to now know what to expect, where they are in the process, what questions they're going to have. For me, that looks a lot like, you know, planning for their engagement session and being able to send a style guide because they want to know what to wear that will photograph well or what's the best time, all those things. Mm-hmm. So instead of waiting for them to ask that question, I'm sending that in advance of our session together, knowing that they're going to ask it. So being proactive really serves, I think, to show your expertise and then help them feel like they can trust you because you're already anticipating their needs in communicating with them. You really over deliver for your clients. I love that you're (laughs) setting the goal to exceed their expectations, to provide them things before they even know they need them, which is, is really what we're all trying to do as service providers or like we should be trying to do. So, I mean, I'm pretty wowed by, by your philosophy there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, definitely over deliver, I think is, is a good policy for everyone to try and have. And it's easy to do it if you can set those clear expectations and beat them, right? Like improve on them, go above and beyond. So appreciation is the next one. And that's, to me, that looks like it can be notes and gifts and doing things like that. But I don't think you have to give gifts if Mm. that's like not your jam or you're new in business and you don't have a big budget for couples. I think it can also look like shouting them out on social media, engaging with them and showing them that you're Mm. grateful for their trust in you and their support and that you are getting to know their story. Those are forms of appreciation. Yeah. And they build in those additional touch points that go beyond transactional. So you're not just talking to them when a bill is due, you're talking or when they, you need like, you know, their guest list from you and their final headcount and all those things. Those are just like additional points of contact that are solely about getting to know them, supporting them, telling them you, them that you are, you know, listening or interested Mm. and following along with them which goes so far to building that relationship and that comfort with you because they know that you're paying attention in the in-between. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, so education, obviously, being an educator for you know, <laughs> many years myself. This Couldn't is stop it if me. you tried, right? <laughs> nope, not even little. <laughs> that one plays in a lot with that idea of anticipating needs, but it's answering questions maybe before they ask them. And thinking about all the things that we know as professionals that our couples don't, that can help them have a stress-free process or ease the tension in various things and just help them make good decisions. So if you're thinking about all the things you have to make a decision about as a planner or as a photographer, the things that would help make my job easier, I'm going to educate my couples on those things to help them make the day run smoothly whether a first look is for them or not in their timeline or where their pictures should be taken for portraits, what their getting ready room should look like. There are a million different things that you could be educating and serving with and just kind of popping an email to say, Hey, this is just because I want you to have some additional information. Yeah. So I try to add those in too as point. We interrupt this podcast because there is something extremely special that I want to share with you guys. I don't know about you, but for the last 
who knows how many years, I have been using a Frankenstein Google copied and pasted contract. And while that is extremely embarrassing to admit to all of our listeners, I know that there are people out there who feel the same as I do. And there were a couple things that kept me from actually getting an attorney drafted contract. Actually, no, there was one thing. It was so expensive and it seemed so out of reach. That's when I learned about Legally Set. You see, Coonbee with Legally Set has created industry-specific contracts for people like you and me working in the wedding industry. They're easy to customize. They're drafted by an actual attorney and not Google. Can you imagine that? And last but not least, they are so extremely affordable. So if you were like me and maybe using a less than appropriate and or legal contract, it's time to step up your game. You have no more excuses. Head on over to theunionpodcast.com slash legally set to check them out. We live for that stuff. Like, obviously, yes. that's 100% of what I do. That's why I do YouTube videos is those educational yes. touch points. But to hear it being used like what your getting ready room should look like. Are you kidding me? I've never heard a photographer talk about that. And that is, as we know, working in the industry, that's such a pivotal piece of information. And to offer that education before it becomes a pain point, before mm-hmm. it becomes problematic is so huge. That's so key. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you agree. Yeah. Those are the things like as a photographer, I feel like we think about a lot. Yeah. All those aspects of like, where is that happening? And what should the room, if the room is bright yellow, you're going to have a bright yellow room in all your photos. So maybe oh. that's great for you, but maybe that's not. And you should <laughs> yeah. maybe that's room suite. Or maybe you're getting all black and white photos back from getting ready. Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is really iconic and amazing. I but mean... if you want some color, something to consider. So thinking about those things that matter to you as a professional can help you figure out what to help educate your couples on, mm-hmm. I think is where to go with that. And then being a resource is along that same vein. It's just taking it that next step. Instead of saying, you know, you want to have a rain location for portraits because we don't want to be out in the pouring rain for that. We need a rain location. It's saying, okay, so you need one. And here are three options I think would be great for you. Yes. It's like that problem solving that next step. I think that is so wise. And I'm not sure why all vendors aren't doing these things. They seem rather intuitive to us because I think in our business, we've built this into it, right? It's very content focused, very value focused for our audience. And the fact you're doing that is so wise. I think a lot of pros tend to just be transactional and be like, you hired me, here's the deliverables I promised, and that is it. And these are kind of the things that are above and beyond what you signed up for. But as Jamie often will say, she'll say, it's not my job, but it's my responsibility. So it may not be on my task list, but I can guide you through this and it's going to make your experience better. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to make sure you have a good experience. And I totally see that that's what you do for your clients that are couples, but also for your pros, because I went to your website. She did some digging (laughs) and I, I downloaded that style guide for style shoot planning spreadsheet guide you have. And that is so handy. I love it. And I think our wedding planners who listen would also love this, you guys. So make sure you go over to our website and in the note, the link so you can grab this. You are going to be so happy you did. If you're going to be planning a styled shoot, 
It outlines all the stuff you need, how to organize it will help you make that come together beautifully. Now, can you please tell us your experience planning some style shoots? Tell us about, you know, maybe how it works with the vendors. If you normally take the lead, if you normally have wedding planners take the lead, I'd love to hear that from your perspective. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I'm really glad that that resource you found to be like helpful. And it's something that isn't not just like in my like logistical brain, but actually translates to other people using. So that's super logistical. Like I (laughs) love talking to spreadsheet people right now. So you're in good company. And it's not too complicated. (laughs) It's clean. So it's not going to stress anybody out. That's another fact like this. It's good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For styled shoots, I love doing them to try and just be creative and do like do something for yourself that mm. is purely artistic and gives you a chance to like create that thing that you haven't seen at a wedding yet or that, you know, your couples haven't done that you maybe want them to consider or whatever that is. So for that reason, I like to be pretty involved with the styled shoots that I do so that we have a clear this is again, communication is key, mm-hmm. clear communication about shared goals for the shoot, not only in the aesthetics of it, but how is it being used? Do we want to submit it to publication and therefore we're going to wait a while to share the images? Or is this just a portfolio builder? So we want everyone to be able to use them right away. Because it can be, as you guys know, like six months potentially for that publication that you really want to get it into to actually share it. And so you're just sitting on images for six months, which is yeah. fine if everyone is on board with that. But if right. they're not, it can be lead to some frustration. So being upfront with that. And then in terms of the aesthetics, I always find visuals help. So creating a mood board upfront, so people have a sense of exactly what you're hoping to accomplish or what your inspiration is and letting people run with that. But the other side is beyond like the logisticals and having people come on board to work with, I think it's really important to trust your team and trust the vendors. So I always try to work with people I really am excited about working with and trust to do their thing because it's a chance for all of us to be creative and flex our creative muscles. And so if you lead with that communication, I then try to step back and say, so what else do you want to do? Or what do you think about that? Mm. And bring those vendors in because cake artists and florists and stationers and planners, we all are creatives in our own right and have our own ideas. And it's that balance of saying, okay, so here's what I'm thinking and here are my goals, but how do you want to take it and run with it too? So that they can feel like everyone gets to flex their own muscles on the shoe and put their best foot forward. I think micromanaging it is like the death of a a styled shoe in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with the creative side of things. Like sometimes I get this burning desire to do another styled shoot because I want to create. Um, Because now we've been doing this for a few years. I'm like, I don't need styled shoots anymore. We have albums, but I want styled shoots because you know, like, you know, there's some that you do that you're like, it was so good. Or you can't stop thinking about that bouquet or that one shot or how that ended up looking out. So what are some of your favorite styled shoots that you've done? Like if you had to pick, I don't know. You can pick a top 10 if you want to. I don't think we have that kind of time on this podcast. (laughs) Two or three. Like, what are some of your favorites you've ever done? Oh my gosh. Probably the two most recent ones. And isn't that like so true? Like the last one you do is your favorite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The last two I did are probably two of my favorites. One was in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. And it was kind of like a elopement idea because we were getting into COVID and micro weddings and all of those things. We were like harnessing that idea, but also bringing like modern elegance to a rustic mountain venue and Mm. lots of texture. It was a (gasps) non-traditional fall palette. So pale blues, pale pinks, and a little rust tones in there. 
Mm-hmm. It was so pretty and had the mountains as a backdrop for the ceremony, gorgeous dress. And we had a real couple for that one, which was really fun too. Although I do also love using models kind of doing both. So yeah. that was really fun. Gorgeous paper suite and like all the details mm. just came together so nice. I'm really drooling a little right that. now. <laughs> yeah, We had like a little warming station with blankets hanging and like apples mm. and baskets. It was just like so oh. rustic fall. Fabulous. Yeah. That was really fun. And then the other one I just did recently was kind of totally different, modern editorial for two different bridal looks in the city in Albany, New York. Oh and my gosh. Had like the floral headpiece. And then we had a really sleek slip dress with a modern bouquet and some fabulous jewelry from a local jeweler. And it was just two different, very different looks for the modern bride. Oh my, I'm obsessed with everything that just came out of your mouth. (laughs) It was really, really fun. Really fun. And just so different, which was just cool to have the range. Yeah. I was going to say, I literally could see like drool on Jamie's face (laughs) and you're talking about all that. That's my favorite. I get made fun of because I use the word texture so much, but you design with textures and like layering and oh, okay. I'm fine. Oh my gosh. A (laughs) hundred percent. Why do you live so far away? We need to do a style shoot together. I would die. Oh, can we, can oh. we plan a little one? I would love an excuse to travel and come see you. Oh my That'd gosh. So fun. There you go. <laughs> Use that venue, Jamie. Your girl is a sucker for style shoots. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to talk more about this offline. Okay. Love I mean, <laughs> we will make everybody sit and listen to it, but I guarantee you the word texture is going to come out at least 12 to 20 times. It's fine. I'm here for it. It's, it's important. <laughs> it's a key element. I, you know, that's why it's important, Jamie. It's reasonable to use it at least 20 <laughs> Thank times. you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay, friends, we are just going to pause for just a moment because we need to talk about this because HoneyBook is offering this ridiculously good screaming deal where for a dollar a month for eight months, you can have HoneyBook. Like you can start using HoneyBook. So if you've been on the fence, now is the time to take that leap and check them out. A dollar a month for eight months. That's $8, okay? That's like two cups of bougie coffee. So if you guys are interested in signing up, head on over to theunionpodcast.com slash dollar. D is in dog, O-L-L-A-R, because it's only gonna cost you a dollar a month. Go sign up. As we can see right now, like working together as vendors can be a lot of fun. It can also yeah. cause some stress and chaos if it's not going well. You talk a lot about cultivating calm with your clients and this communication, the relationships are so central to that. Can you explain how vendors may play a major role in creating or destroying some wedding day calm? Oh my gosh. Yes. So I think it's important to realize that our emotions can be felt on the day. We feed off of other people's emotions. People are going to feed off of our emotions in the planning process. And then especially on the day, it's already an emotional roller coaster. You're balancing like the stress of your family, your seating chart, the friends who you did or didn't invite who could or couldn't come, all of those things, like the family dynamics, and then trying to be on time and make sure that everything is running smoothly. It's a roller coaster for couples. It's a roller coaster for their families. Usually it's a really good one. You hope it's a really good one, but it's always going to be an emotional day. And so to bring your own either anxiety or Mm. pressure or stress Mm -hmm. into the day 
and add that element can really just wreak havoc on everyone else there. Not to mention, like you said, Heather, like a vendor team is usually made up of multiple people. And so you're going to be affecting other vendors too and how they're experiencing the day and the energy they can bring. Just have to be so aware of the energy you're bringing. And described it once as being a swan, right? They're they're nice and calm. They don't just have water <laughs> on the top, and then their legs are like furiously <laughs> kicking underneath. You kind yeah. of have to be like that. There are times when I'm not like checking my watch incessantly and being like, "Oh my god, we're 45 minutes late, and we're going to have five minutes before the sun goes down." But that's all like internal. That has to stay in your head, and you have to present that calm demeanor and be reassuring and kind of help to set a tone that like it's your wedding day. It's going to be a great mm-hmm. day. There's nothing we can't handle here because if not, very quickly they'll feed off that energy and it, it can just fall further apart. I have never heard it explained like that in such a succinct way that just instantaneously makes sense because we've heard the fake it till you make it. Don't let them see you sweat. But really, especially when you've been partnered up with this couple for a long time, they're pretty attuned to who you are and how you behave. If you've had more than two meetings with them or, you know, you have your engagement shoot with them or you've been planning with them for 12 months and they pick up on your nervous energy, that's, of course, going to affect them. I had always thought of like, don't let them see you sweat type mentality, but also like how much that would affect them emotionally. That's such a great way of looking at that because as we shared earlier, our audience is like newbies. Like a lot of them are new to this business and they're still kind of figuring that out. I'm super jazzed about that. I don't know why I'm like (laughs) hyper-focusing on it, but that's such a great way of explaining that. It really is. I agree, Jamie. I think you should be jazzed. And (laughs) I really think we need to be aware of the energy we're bringing, like Mm. you said, to the entire event, but to the other vendors. That point stuck out to me because I've definitely had some vendors where I'm like, ooh, your energy is very bad. And I'm like, how can I put like a barricade around my special couple and not let them feel this toxic energy coming off of this one vendor in the corner? And it is difficult because I feel inclined to shield my couple in that scenario. And sometimes it's hard to do, especially with a photographer because they're like right up in their business taking all those photos, you know, we're there all day. We're there with them so much. You're one of the, as a photographer, you're probably spending more time with them than even the planner is on the day because you're there for all those intimate moments. One, I think you just, I hope you like what you do. And if you don't, and you're showing up more upset or frustrated or angry all the time, than happy and excited about it. It's like time to reevaluate because you know, don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, it's okay, but don't keep doing it. <laughs> but then, yeah, I mean, we all have like those bad days or there's always those stressful situations. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I deep breathing is good. Take some deep breaths, <laughs> take a bathroom break, like ask to use the bathroom, get yourself together, but be able to come back and put on that brave face for your couple. And in terms of, yeah, like protecting them from that bad bender, I totally understand wanting to do that and shield them from that. And hopefully as long as it's not someone who's, you know, next to them all day long, you can kind of play, run that interference uh, and Mm -hmm. call that off. But I will say, you know, I had a bride a few years back who she was just super stressed. It was like a little late running late and getting ready. And then people were coming in and out of the room as she was trying to get her into her dress and do these final things. And there were a million questions from like the five or six bridesmaids and all these things, but she was just getting very flustered. And because I had built that relationship, I ended up just being like, you know what, we're going to do a few just private portraits and cleared everybody out of the room. Out of girl. Close the door. And I just like took her hands and I was like, you're going to marry your best friend today. So we're going to take a deep breath. It's not going to happen without you. Let's just like be calm for a minute. And the only reason I could do that without overstepping is because I had actually built that relationship. Mm. And then I can use that photography excuse to kind of 
give her that moment. And she actually wrote about it in her review later that like she really needed oh. that and was so appreciative of it. So yeah. it can be really powerful, but that not getting flustered because she's flustered and instead trying to kind of bring that calm and keep that calm, it makes a huge difference for your couples and they notice. You have to be called to work in the wedding industry, like especially to be an entrepreneur in the wedding industry, to run a small business in the wedding industry, you got to be called. And I know like I have my own reasons for why I keep coming back because sometimes it, it does feel like we're gluttons for punishment, you know, like sometimes we're like, <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this? But I know what my why is, like why I keep going. And what's yours? Like what keeps you coming back? What keeps you wanting to do this? Because the burnout could be very potential and very real for some people. So what keeps you vibrant and alive and enjoying this and keeps you coming back for more? That's such a great question. I love that. For me, there are two things. One is I'm an Enneagram 3 achiever. All yes, the way. baby. Hi. <laughs> You're trees. Powerhouses. I'll tell you. So what's next? Let's keep just making right? making new goals. That's 100% me. That's like burnout central. You have to balance that. So yeah. <laughs> balancing that with real why, my why is really about legacy. And my grandparents are my role models in love and in life for legacy. They were together for 65 years before my grandmother past. They were raised four kids together. They led pretty like what you would call ordinary lives as parents, as grandparents. You know, they did cruises on vacation. They just, they were, that was like their thing all over the world. Their fridge is covered in all their magnets from their vacations together. But they had an extraordinary love and an extraordinary love story. They loved each other so well through 65 years together. Mm -hmm. That legacy for their kids and their grandkids, me as their grandchild, like it's so moving and so powerful to see that. My grandmother ended up having dementia at the end of her life and really ended up forgetting everyone, forgot my husband, forgot me. She never forgot my grandfather. And one of the last times I was there for lunch, she pulled this framed picture of black and white from her wedding day off of her mantle and showed it to me. And she leans over and she says, wasn't he so handsome? And my grandfather's still like blushing in embarrassment. But like that photo brought her right back to that day, 65 years before and reminded her of the love they shared of a lifetime together. So that's my why. Wait, I'm stealing your why. That's so much better than mine. Wait, that's so cute. It is so cute. They were seriously the cutest couple ever. And it's just, it's great to come back to that and to think about the fact that I'm creating those memories and those legacy pieces for my couples. Wow. That is so powerful. This has been such a great chat with you. And I mean, that is like the sweetest thing I've heard in so long. I wish I could have met your grandparents together and given them a little hug and like help plan a 65th anniversary party for them. Cause that sounds amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah. They're, they were lovely. Awesome. I think we're definitely, we're so aligned on how we both want to give back to the small business community, how we want to treat our clients, how we want to inspire others. Like hello three. I see you. And I know that you're going to resonate a lot with our audience today. Heck, you resonated a lot with me. So where can people find you if they want to learn more? Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure chatting with you ladies. Yeah. So I am at www.lynresnickphotography.com. And Lynn is L-Y-N-N-E. And Resnick is R-E-Z-N-I-C-K. And I just mentioned it because they're both different than you (laughs) would normally spell them. (laughs) And then I'm on Instagram all the time at Lynn Resnick photo. That's where I am. There we go. We got it. 
we found you. <laughs> we'll tag you on our uh, yeah. Instagram post when we share this episode so people can find you easily over there. And right. we understand you have some opportunities if people did want to yes. like, learn more from you, like as, you know, the educator that you are. Yes. Yeah. So that's all right on my website. There's a resource page with the styled shoot planning template you mentioned. Yes. You got to get that guys. Get that. Yes. Get that. (laughs) Yes. Drop everything. Go get it right now. You are going to love it. As well as my client experience online course called the Wedding Client Experience Academy, which I launched last fall and will be launching again in the new year. So signups will be happening later this fall. There's a wait list now, so you can check that out. But we dig a lot deeper into those four pillars mm-hmm. that I mentioned today and talk about creating an impeccable client experience over the course of 10 lessons. So, And this applies to all vendors. This applies more specifically to photographers. Who's the the target audience? Yeah. All vendors who are usually, I say like between one and five years in business looking to elevate their client experience. Great. Man, that's awesome. Thank you so much for being here. You've been such a delight. Guys, definitely go check the show notes out. We're going to link everything from Lynn there. This is such a good one. Thanks, ladies. You've just walked down the aisle of today's episode of the Union Podcast. Thank you for celebrating today's show with us. We hope that you found a little gem of wedding wisdom from this episode. Please let us know your feedback by sharing a screenshot of this episode on Instagram. Be sure to tag at Union Podcast so we can hear your voices. Let us know what topics you'd love to hear about on future episodes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Until next time, stay lovely, wedding friends.